Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like him all freaking day. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love it. What is up, my friends? I hope you're all out there just having a wonderful, terrific day. My name is Sean Oshadi, and y'all, we are going to get into this. This is the weekend preview show here on MMA Fighting, and what a big weekend it is. I love weekends like this. You got a little splash of UFC Mexico City here, a little dash, PFL Bellator there. And as always, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Let us bring in the crew. He is international superstar. He is the social media maven. You may know him as New York Rick. He is Eric Jackner. Hey, good to be with you guys. Excited about this weekend. And across from him... Well, I used to call him my Arizona brother, but now he has left me for the East Coast. He is your friend and mine, Jose Youngs. It's only fitting that we get the only brown person on MMA fighting here to talk UFC Mexico. So, what's up, guys? I'm in New York now. I'm, I'm an Arab, so I don't know how to feel about that statement, but well, I'm just, yeah, just going to walk right through it. It's also uh, like Filipinos are also considered brown too, but in here in North America, usually when you say brown, you know it's Mexican. Jose just dividing us right from the start. And of course, My the job. most ferocious producer in the business, the undefeated E. Casey Layden, man in the boards. Look at that. Look at that, man. That's ferocity. And you're muted. Wonderful. You're muted, Casey. <laughs> first day first day i'm a rookie i'm a rookie <laughs> what a, uh, what a fellas, start. Let, here we go i love it let's dive in fellas eric i want to start with you because i i just love these crazy these busy weekends where you jump in in the morning you get your eggs you get your caffeinated drink of choice and then it's just an all-day smorgasbord of combat sports we have a heck of a one this weekend so let us just let's just paint out this saturday real quick bfl pfl bellator Kicking the day off. The co-leader starting us off right. 1230 Eastern 
in Saudi Arabia. You got a heavyweight title fight there. Ostensibly, they're fighting for the right to fight Francis Ngannou. We can get into that. And then right as main event time starts, or gets around it, we have UFC in Mexico City kicking off 7 p.m. Eastern. You know that crowd is going to be incredible. That crowd is going to be jumping out of the building. Top two fights there are as good as you can ask for. Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, the rematch, and then Brandon Moreno, Brandon Rovell, another rematch. Eric, we can compare the cards later, but just as this weekend as a whole, top to bottom, morning to night, is this getting you going? Do you like what you see? Is this is this a fun weekend for the hardcore fan? Yeah, I would say this isn't as maybe notable as a UFC pay-per-view, but as far as if you're combining the two offerings from the two preeminent MMA organizations that exist right now, this is pretty damn good. For a UFC fight night, this has some real appeal uh, from the UFC, and for what Bellator and PFL are becoming, this is kind of the best of what they've got um, at the moment. So, you know, it, it. I will admit the PFL and Bellator offering is missing some of their names, right? You would love to see Apache Mix, you would love to see a Francis Ngannou, and you'd love to see a Chris Cyborg, but you are getting a decent amount of of the best uh, of their roster. Um, and the same can be said for the UFC. You're, you're getting enough of a chunk of, of the best of their roster on a fight night card that I think if you're strapping in for the entire day, you're actually going to get some really, really high-level uh, MMA that, you know, outside of a ufc pay-per-view that's you know loaded and and stacked um this is this is a really strong weekend uh for for both the organizations i agree with you and i cannot wait to sort of get going on it right i love the morning fights anytime i can have my my eggs and i get some tea i'm not a coffee guy but many times i can have my tea in the morning drinking eating some eggs and watching some fights like that's a great start to my day Jose, I wonder for you, UFC, you look at UFC, 13 fights. PFL, Bellator, we're now down to 11 fights after losing another one today. Uh, the Pitbull fight, Pitbull Braga, that's that's out. 24 fights in total for us sickos who are going to watch every second of all of this on Saturday. If I give you those 24 fights in a vacuum, what's your, give me your personal main event and your personal co-main event. What are the two fights that Jose Young's lover of the finest mixed martial arts cannot go without? You say three? Hmm. Two. Main and two. Um, the main for me is Jair and Brian Ortega, mostly because the first fight I was so intrigued by, and we that was kind of taken from us because of that freak injury by Brian Ortega. I'm very glad they're running it back in Mexico, and I'm even more glad it's five rounds. Uh, that would be my main event solely because what we saw last week when Ilya Tapori won the featherweight title, he kind of became this massive superstar. You know, like Real Madrid's bringing him out. He's on all these covers of um, – uh, like these magazines in Spain. Uh, he seemed to be the main storyline even going into this week. Like, could the winner of this possibly fight him? And I've been saying this forever. The biggest fight you can make for like the Latin Hispanic community is Ilya versus someone of Mexican descent. Like Ilya versus Yair, Ilya versus Brian would be massive. Even like a Brandon versus a, like, like not Brandon Moreno, but like Brandon, oh yeah, Brandon Moreno versus Huda would be big too. But like that would be massive, especially if it was in Spain. And then my co-main event, I'm, I've been, this is, and this is for the opposite reasons because it's not going to lead into the, some massive global superstar. I've been a massive Clay Collard fan forever. He's never in a boring fight on the PFL Bellator side. And then AJ McKee is one of the greatest Bellator fighters ever. If we're talking talking about just like high level martial arts that's guaranteed to not disappoint, 
but has no real bearings on like title pictures or rankings or whatever. That fight is just fun. And then the main, so that would be my co-main event, just an awesome, fun, high level competition. And then the main event would be one that has a lot of stakes for a possible title fight in Yair and Brian Ortega. So those are my two that I would make, but there's a lot of great fights, but me personally, those are my two favorites. You know what? I think I'm right there with you. And so I want to actually use that as a, as a jumping off point to talk about UFC Mexico City. So let's start with that because this is the UFC's first return to Mexico since 2019, right? That, that is a mm-hmm. different world. That is pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look on that card, the co-main event, Carlos Barza is out there beating Alexa Grasso at strawweight. So you know mm-hmm. it's been a while. This crowd is going to be unbelievable. This crowd is going to be rocking. I cannot wait to just start feeling the energy through osmosis from this crowd. As you said, you set it up. Two flyweights at the top, the Brandons in the division, both coming off of title losses to the champ, Alexander Patoja. We saw this fight once already, November 2020. Mike Perry was on that card. So that's how you know it's been a long time for that one. Uh, Brandon Moreno, Eric, won that one with a first-round TKO at the buzzer. Now we have a wide-open setup at flyweight with Pantoja likely fighting. We're looking Brazil probably May, UFC 301. So about two months and some change. I think it's about 10 weeks. And he does not have a clear number one contender. This was supposed to be Amir Al-Bazi. He, st- he, he got injured, so now it's Brandon Roy Val after an injury. Eric, do you like this main event? What's your read on this fight? And really, just what do you think is at stake here? Yeah, th- this is the best you can do with an unfortunate situation there with Al-Bazi not being able to compete. Uh, because you really have Marino set to fight Pantoja again. Let, you know, let's look at this objectively, right? Like this is an this was an opportunity for a number one contendership. This was going to be the winner of Albazi and Moreno uh, potentially fighting for the flyweight title. Um, in Moreno, somebody who went to a split decision with Pantoja, I believe it was a split decision, um, and looked really good and has continued to look good ever since that first Royval fight. Um, and and Royval having just fought. Uh, for the championship, I think it's probably a tougher road back for him. I don't think that it's number one contendership for him, but I think there's no doubt if Brandon Moreno gets a win here, uh, he's going to be back in flyweight title contention, if not the the obvious next choice. Um, so there's a lot at stake for him. For Royval, there's a chance to kind of like right the wrongs, right? There's there's the chance for the, the injury uh, story to kind of go to bed. And have a chance to show that you know I was gonna I was gonna be in that fight and and it was a fluke. And then there's also the opportunity for him to erase the the loss to Pantoja and get back on track. So I think there's a lot at stake for him, just not necessarily the same stakes as there are uh, for Moreno. Uh, but a really important fight for both guys. Like th- this would be a really tough thing for Royval to bounce back from if he's if he's to drop this fight because now you're ostensibly looking at the top two guys in the division and, and the cream of the crop at, at the flyweight division having kind of been there and done that with Royval. So he needs this one desperately, uh, but not for this. I don't think he's fighting for the same thing uh, that Moreno is, but a very important fight for both guys. And one that I think um, is is going to have some real implications moving forward for that division, which it's it tends to be kind of like those top guys hang around for a while. Bazi's kind of been the outsider that I, that I think could have shaken it up a little bit more, uh, but we'll see where this goes. Uh, a good performance for Moreno, I think is a title shot nearly guaranteed. Interesting. I mean, it, it is such a weird division right now of flyweight considering these two guys, right? Because they're combined 0-5 against the champ. Like, <laughs> that's just a tough spot to be in. But Jose, do you agree with Eric? Like, is this sort of the stakes that you're seeing set up into this, heading this? Like, who who who, who does it mean more for, I guess? Definitely Brandon, uh, especially because Alexander Pantoja has already mentioned that if Brandon wins, especially Which if it was Brandon? Amir Al-Bazi. 
Brandon Moreno, uh, Brandon Moreno, because uh, Pantoja's already said, like, if, if he had gone through a Meryl Bazzi, that seems to be the fight. And Brandon Moreno, I spoke to him a little briefly because let's let's also not forget one of the storylines that I haven't really seen brought up much is this is like, didn't Brandon just make weight as a backup in December? And now he has to cut weight again for a fight in February. And then if he wins and then fights uh and then he fights Pantoja. That's he. He have to cut weight again in May. Like that's a lot of weight cuts to 125 in what, like four or five months. So um, Pantoja's already said that if Brandon wins, he's Brandon Randall wins. He's probably going to fight for the title next, most likely in Brazil. Uh, Brandon Randall said, kind of off to the side that if he if he had won, he most likely would be fighting in Brazil. That seems to be the path. Brandon Royval, if he gets like a spectacular win, maybe. Um, but it's just still so fresh and our minds that he kind of got dominated by the champion. I crazier things have happened in flyaway, but if Brandon Moreno wins, I'm pretty, I, I it's 99% sure. I think he's going to get the title shot. I guess what's the most fun version of this for the division? Because we, we do keep like flyweight to me is one of the more interesting divisions in the UC because it's so damn fun. Every single title fight is basically a fight of the year contender, but Eric, you said it like, a lot of these permutations are more or less the same guys kind of going at it yep. again. The champ is five five and zero oh against these guys. Like, what's the most fun version of how this plays out for the flyweight division in your mind? You're probably asking the wrong person, admittedly, because I'm of the opinion <laughs> that you should run the two best guys back out there as many times as it takes, and I don't care um, if they've beaten one or the other before. And so, the best version for me is Brandon Moreno continues to have a uh, another performance that makes it very clear that he's the number two guy and Brandon Moreno fights Alessandre Pantoja because I think those are the two best in the division and I would watch that a hundred times. I'd watch that a hundred times if you ran it. Anytime you're going to tell me that those two are fighting, I'm in independently and any time you tell me that those two are going to be fighting each other, I'm in. So that's the best version for me. I think you get the two best guys. I think you get clearly the two best flyweights and I think you know, you're also getting a great fight which is which is kind of you know, lost in the idea of when we talk about the meritocracy and when we talk about the rematches and when we talk about like, well, he needs a fresh challenger and things like that. You kind of lose the idea that like when they do come together, it's kind of magical. And Moreno has been able to do that with Figueredo. And now Moreno has been able to do that with Pantoja. So um, Moreno winning and in impressive fashion for me would be the best outcome and probably the best outcome from the USD as well. Jose, for you, like what, who do you have the most questions for heading into this? Because again, both these men are such known quantities at this point. I wonder who do you think's improved the most since we've already done this in 2020. But also, again, who do you who do you just wonder the most about at this at this point? I think Brandon Moreno has improved the most because he went from a guy like he like. Let's not forget that when he beat Brandon Royval, that was like because Brandon got that weird injury, and then he fought Figueroa, and that was like when Figueroa had that really quick turnaround after he had beaten Alex Perez. Since then, Brandon Moreno, you know, has changed camps a few times, and now Brandon Moreno is kind of just perpetually in these top two flyweights in the world. And at the time, like we needed an opponent for Figueroa, and he kind of got thrown into that. So I think Brandon Moreno has gone from like a top seven flyweight to just he will never be outside the top three flyweight, I should say. Um, Brandon Royval has been a finisher outside of Pantoja. I have more questions for Brandon Royvelle, I guess, because, you know, that fight ended oddly. Like, yeah, it was like a TKO, but it was an injury. So I do, I, I've always wanted to see this run back when, 
without the bad luck, similar to, you know, the co-main event on the same card. Like, we're both going to answer questions that we were robbed of the first time all four of these men fought. So I guess by default, Brennan Royval, just because we were robbed of seeing a healthy Royval fight Moreno. And then we've seen Moreno in like 600 rounds since that fight and all these rematches. So by default, Brennan Moreno, I guess. But I will say, like, we get all these rematches at flyweight and I'm with Eric. I'm not complaining. The best should always fight the best, I think. But like, it's not for lack of trying. Like, Amir Bazi can't stay healthy. Icar <laughs> France can't stay healthy. Manel Kopp can't make weight when he needs to. Mateus Nicolau fought Brandon Royval on a prelim and lost. And then he was supposed to fight Manel Kopp. Like, not for lack of trying. And then like, at some point, Muhammad Mahayev and like, Tagir Ismagulov are going to crack into that top five and we're going to get these matchups that we want. So it's just a matter of time. I just wish the top six at flyweight could stay healthy and make weight because then we could have fun fights. It's, it it's a, a really good point. It, it, it's a really good point. And also like it leads me back to like Moreno should kind of be rewarded for not that, right? For the opposite of that, for being exactly. there, for being game exactly. and always showing up every time. He is that guy. And like, it's hard for me to think, oh, he shouldn't get the opportunity because he's fought him before. Like, sorry, the dude's there. The dude shows up every time and he puts on a performance. Like, we should run this. This is the fight to make if he can get past Royval. I think it's really interesting what Royval can do here in terms of playing spoiler because it feels like it's kind of like tailor made for Moreno to just slide into that slot. And Royval could really upset that to the point that Jose made. Like, nobody else is kind of there. Nobody else is kind of ready to take that by the horn. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think I think Moreno deserves. Like, I, I don't use that word lightly because I tend to think it doesn't have much meaning in MMA, but he's there. He's always there. And he's kind of kept this division afloat between two different. Uh, eras when Figueredo was the champion and now mm-hmm. when Pantosha is the champion to be the guy. So I think he deserves it if he wins, no matter what. Manel Cop blowing his shot looms so obscenely large in this whole conversation because he would be that guy regardless, I think. Like, I don't even know if we're talking about this in the same type of context, if that if the way that played out doesn't play out. You're right, though. Flyweight is such a strange division in that all of these guys keep rematching each other. And normally I'm a guy, I'm not big on rematches, but I don't mind it here with this division because this all of these fights are A, so ridiculously fun, and B, it doesn't feel as tired as maybe some of the other things, right? Like, Eric, I know you've, you've, you're on record of wanting Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky to fight until they can't fight anymore. And it's just like, I was never on that train because we've seen this, but at flyweight, it just, it's weird. It doesn't seem to apply. Uh, Either way, let's jump into it. The future is bright with Tagir, Tyra, and Mahayev though. Like in a year from now, it's going to be even more fun, I think. And Manel, if he can ever get his and figures. And uh, who's that Austra- uh, Australian? Steve uh, Ursa. Ursa, yeah. Too. Like, he kicks oh, the Ursa, door. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. got to be the top 15 guy right out of the gate. So uh, 12 months from now, it's going to be even more fun. Well, let's jump into the picks because we have about 40 fights we got to talk about here today. So <laughs> who are you taking? You have seen Mexico City rematch main event. Let's go, Eric, first. Moreno. I think Moreno gets it done. I've just been so impressed by him. Even in, even in a loss to Pantoja, like Moreno just continues to impress me and seems to continue to find new levels and, and new ways um, to be successful. So I'm never, I'm never doubting him. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, believer in Moreno. I think Moreno is going to be able to get it done. You see it the same way, Jose? Yeah, I think Brandon is just 
Brandon Moreno's the second, maybe the best flyweight in the world. I think if Pantoja and him fought a hundred times, it could go 50, 50 either way. Also, uh, Brandon Royvel saying that he had initially taken the backup role for this Mexico card as a way to get a free vacation. <laughs> and then Amir Albazi getting hurt, thrust him into this main event. Doesn't bode well for a guy that just fought in December. I'm not saying Brandon Royvel is going to show up not prepared. I just will always side with the guy that had the full camp and is taking this seriously. You got to sympathize for the guy who just wanted a free Mexico vacation. That's all. Like that's it. He just wanted doesn't? to watch some lucha, eat some street tacos. Now he's having to fight a man. Uh, I as well. I see it the same as you guys, Brandon Moreno. I mean, we've just seen this fight before, and I, I nothing nothing from either of these men has swayed me from that. I think Brandon Moreno is the second best guy in this division, uh, and he's the best if he's not fighting Alexander Patoja. So that's where I go for this. But let's move into the co-main event because for me, Jose, you said it at the top. This is my main event. Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega. First time we saw these dudes, it ended with that first that Ortega injury in the first round, which is super anticlimactic, super disappointed. But this time around, God, it feels like perfect timing. This featherweight division is just on fire right now. Ilya Taporia has completely blown the doors off this weight class. Yair Rodriguez all week, even last week, talking all sorts of greasiness about the new champ at Jose, as you would say, trying to plant those seeds. And it kind of seems to be working. Like, we are now talking about a Yair rodriguez Ilya Taporia fight in Spain, how big that could be. That I don't know if that was much of a conversation last week, so it's certainly working to some degree. And then Brian Ortega, we just haven't seen this man. This man has not been around for two years at this point. It's been way too long. You couldn't ask for a better time to reintroduce him to this division when the division feels brand new. Eric, this is just magic, is it not? Love this matchup. Did feel like we got robbed uh, out on Long Island. Just felt like it, it it ended before it really got going. And I think it was easy for people to kind of like forget about Brian Ortega. He doesn't like talk a lot. He's not really like yapping a lot. He kind of just when he's gone, he's gone. He disappears for a bit. And I think it's easy to forget how good Brian Ortega is and and how good he was kind of looking. Um in in the absence because he's been out for a year now and um i'm excited about this matchup and i think he's live in this matchup i'm I'm not gonna give my call on it yet but i do think there's a world where brian ortega is kind of being uh slept on a little bit in this matchup i think yair is kind of the guy who most people are favoring uh but i think there's some stylistic advantages on both sides right it's going to come down to who can kind of implement implement their game more um and i really like it from a from a matchup perspective and and i think we'll obviously now ultimately get what we kind of did not get out on long island um in the matchup between the two and then what could be the number one contender for Ilya Taporia. Um, it's he's kind of sent a lot of feelers out and mixed messages and things about who he wants next and said he's not going to fight this guy or that guy. Um, but then in the post fight press conference said like ultimately it's the UFC's decision and I'm going to fight. So we'll see where this goes. But I think a lot at stake uh, for both of these guys. While the Yair matchup to me feels like the one with so much more heat for Ilya Taporia, uh, I could see a world for sure where if the right performance is is put in by Brian Ortega. He's fighting for that title next as well. So a lot of stakes, great stylistic matchup, two guys that are fan favorites. Um, you can't really ask for more. <laughs> Chad is wild in right now, I gotta say. Uh they you, you do have Brian Ortega eyes, Eric. It's 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 very nice. We all see it. Uh, and also, yeah, Chad, Good I boy. understand the bald thing. Don't think I didn't notice it first when they put me between these two incredible heads of lettuce. I get yeah, rich yeah. enough. I'm going to Turkey. I'm getting so much hair. Y'all won't even recognize it. Just I need I need that paycheck a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jose, 
I thought it, it, the way this featherweight division is playing out right now is very interesting to me because coming into last week, right? The most of the talk was, hey, if Volk wins, the next guy is going to be Mosar Vloyev. And now all of a sudden, it does feel like Yair Rodriguez has sort of become the sneaky dark horse over this past week. Because again, planting all these seeds, the big Spain show against Ilya Taporia, two Spanish speakers who could speak the language, promote that, build it up. That just feels so ridiculously fun, does it not? And, and then, of course, on the other side, it's the Brian Ortega question, right, of Fun fact, the la- who's who has a more recent win between Brian Ortega and Khabib Nurmagomedov? The winner of that question is not Brian Ortega. He is such a strange case. We, we've heard it for months at this point of like, why is this guy still ranked? He, he hasn't beaten anybody since 2020. And yet, there's such, still such an intrigue around him, right? Because we have seen him in these incredible fights. We've seen him almost take the title from Alexander Volkanovsky at Volkanovsky's absolute peak. Who's more of an intrigue to you? going into this fight because to me i think there's a big case for either man intrigue in terms of what could happen in terms of a build with Ilya, it's yair and intrigue in what to expect in a fight it's brian i would say because like the last two wins brian ortega has neither man is even actively fighting and that's korean zombie and frankie Edgar. those are brian ortega's last two victories and he since lost to yair by injury volkanovsky who at the time was unstoppable and was very close to submitting Alex Volkanovski. Before that, it was the famous Max Holloway fight when Max was just starting out his title run. So I have a lot of questions about what Brian can do. The last time we really saw him compete at a high level uh, and win was that zombie fight. And that was on Fight Island. And I remember in media day saying that he completely changed his inner circle. He cut a lot of people out. He changed a lot of his coaching. And then it showed that against Korean Zombie. He looked better than ever. Ran into Alex Volkanovski. Can't really like shake your head at losing to, at the time, the, what seemed to be the unstoppable Volkanovski, and then the injury was a bummer. So I have a lot of questions about what, which Brian Ortega is going to show up. But in terms of the intrigue in what could build, what could be a build into a fight, it's Yair Rodriguez. I mean, Yair, Ilya Teporia versus Yair Rodriguez. I, I can't remember the name of that stadium. There's that massive, like 80,000 person indoor stadium in Madrid. I can almost guarantee you Ilya Tepore and Yair Rodriguez will sell that out uh, without question because, God. you know, there's a big history. There's a big history between Mexico and Spain. If Ilya Tepore had fought in Mexico, he would be public enemy number one. And if Yair Rodriguez fought in Spain, I can't imagine Spaniards would, would take too kindly to that either. So I that would sell out. That would be the, one, that would be the biggest fight in Latin, Hispanic ever in mixed martial arts history. So... I would be very – that would be very fun. Either man would be a fun fight for Ilya because Brian's high-level grappling is would be very interesting against Ilya because it seems that's an aspect of – like Ilya could be the best grappler in the entire division. We just don't know. So I, there's, I don't care who wins. I think either man fighting Ilya would be a lot of fun. I know Max Holloway's out there too and Movzar. Honestly, if Brian wins, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to match him up against Movzar either. They seem to be kind of going back and forth through the media and social and Twitter. Featherweight just rules right now, and especially if Alex gets that. If if they give the rematch to Volkanovski, the co-main should be Mobzar versus maybe the winner of this for the for the number one contender. Featherweight just absolutely rules right now. It's so fun. Oh, it's a top three division in the sport right now, in my mind, unquestionably. Like it's lightweight, bantamweight, because those are just the two always, and then featherweight's that next one. The picture you just painted for me of that stadium show in Spain 
we ask the UFC often to do the thing and often they do not do the thing. This would be the ultimate version of do the thing, right? Because we, we're already seeing it right now. Like we are going to Mexico City for the first time in four years and we have missed the Mexico moment. We had a real moment there with all these Mexican champions who have an incredible show in Mexico and we've missed it. It's gone and it might not come back for a long time. If we miss, if the UFC misses this moment with Spain, what are we doing here? We also uh, missed the, like, the make- African Kings moment, right? Yeah. It, we might we might yeah. still get that moment with Drickus and Izzy maybe, but we missed Kamaru, Francis, mm-hmm. uh, Israel. Like it, they, they, They've missed that one too. There's been a few of these recently where it feel like they kind of had it and then didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I just this I'm just curious like how- the ultimate layup though. Yeah, like the, like we have I not did- seen a, a a Spanish crowd. We have not seen Spain receive something like this. Like this would be incredible. Spain yeah, would I be more rockets than a than a Paris card. I can guarantee you because Spain like their sports fans are fanatics, especially if they have a champion. It would be, it would be the loudest and most raucous crowd. It would be up there with that Irish crowd when Connor fought Diego Brandao. It would be it would be insanity. Eric, if I give you the trio of Alexander Volkanovsky, forgotten man now, Mostar Avloyev, or the winner of this co-main event on Saturday, and you had to put your life savings, who is the next person to fight Ilya Taboria potentially in Spain? Oh, boy. Is Max Holloway not included? He is not, because he is going to fight Justin Gaethje in one way or another. Yeah, that doesn't preclude him, by the way. That doesn't preclude him, by the way. That, That could still happen toward the end of the year. Um, out of those, I think Volkanovsky, I think Volkanovsky, um, I think it's, it's tailor made for that. I think Alex is somebody who the UFC values for his gameness and, and ability to step into fights probably quote unquote deserves. See, this is where I don't use that word and think it's kind of silly. Um, but is, is potentially owed in many people's eyes, a rematch, um, and would be a big fight and would feel big and would be an opportunity for Ilya to kind of cement it in front of his home crowd. So out of those options, I'm going to say it's probably Alex and mostly from the idea that it's very simple to make an Alexander Volkanovsky fight and he will make it very easy for them to make the fight. Whereas at times it's been hard to get Yair in the cage or it's been hard to get Brian in the cage and it just feels like the easiest way. Mobstar is probably the one that you could get into the cage the quickest out of anybody, but it's also by far the smallest fight. It's also by far the, the fight that draws the least attention and interest. So Alex is going to be there. You know that if you get, if they announced that, if they announced tomorrow, the date in Spain and said, be there to fight Ilya Taporia, I promise you, Alex would have already signed on the dotted line. So that's, that's something that really works in his favor. Um, in addition to the legacy, in addition to the fact that it would be a highly anticipated rematch. So gun to my head, I'm picking uh, Alex at the moment. I hope you're wrong. I, ho- I, I, do, I do hope you're wrong. And not, this is nothing against Alexander Volkanovsky. I just hope that you wait. they wait longer than that for him because we just saw two brutal knockouts in a row at, at his age. Like I just don't want to ruin Alex in this way where we've seen yeah. so many others sort of fall down this pitfall. To me, it's it's the winner of Saturday. It's yeah. the winner of this co-main event. They they feel like they now have the inside track, which is crazy because Mostar Avalev has done nothing wrong outside of just like win fights and maybe not get finishes. But like the way that this has sort of been built up, the way this is being framed, and in particular the way Yair has been talking, it just feels like the winner of this fight will be on a rocket ship to that type of event. And I think either man, whether it's Brian or Yair, Super fun matchup, super fun fight for, for both of it, but the lead up and execution of it. And I, I, I just hope that's the direction the UFC goes. Jose, last question on this, and then we'll get the picks. 
Who do you believe of these two men has a better chance of actually taking the belt, of upsetting Ilya and pulling it off like an all-timer of a moment in Spain? Probably Yair. I just think probably Yair because, you know, he's gone toe-to-toe with Max. He's gone toe-to-toe with Volkanovski, and those have been high-level exciting fights. Brian, I just like I said, I just have a lot of questions of where Brian is in his career right now just because we haven't seen enough of him and Yair's. To say that Yair has been the more active fighter between two men is crazy to me because he's not even he's not even the most active fighter. This is the only man in the top seven of featherweight that's been less active than Yair. Uh, I think so. I would pick Yair. He's explosive. He's high level. He can submit you. I think his his striking is very clearly better than Brian's. Brian's grappling is better than Yair's, but Yair has has shown he is also a high level grappler. Brian just hasn't really shown that over the past few years. So probably Yair. Um, but again, either man, both men present interesting questions for the, the individual for Ilya Taporia. A wealth of options right here mm-hmm. at, now in Featherweight. Like Featherweight is disgusting with the riches that they have at their disposal. And I wouldn't be opposed. I think Volkanovski will probably fight for the title next, but I think it should be the Israel route. Like take time off and then just fight whoever has the belt when he comes back. The problem with the Ilya thing is- That's where I'm wins, at, yeah. If That's he wins, in, if, if Ilya's first defense is in Spain and he beats Yair, he is massive. And would he would he be too big? Like, like at that point, you can just ask whatever you want. Is he going to be like, give me Connor? Connor would definitely fight Ilya if he if he sees seventy thousand people cheering him on. And then would he would then would Volkanovski have missed his shot? I don't know. So I hope I the I, Volk deserves the rematch, but Ilya might get too big if he knocks out Yair in Spain in front of seventy thousand people. I will say we've talked about stadium shows in a hundred different capacities at this point, and they've just never come to fruition. So I don't think this is fait accompli in terms of like, it's right there, Ilya in front of a stadium. I just don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think it's a lock by any measure. Like the interesting thing with the Madrid stadium is you can, it's built to also have like basketball type games. You can close the top level and it'll still fit 30,000. So that is more, when I say 70,000, it could, but it's most likely going to be that 30,000 lower bowl that they can do. And the fact that it's indoors makes it even more realistic. Yeah. And one of the journalists at the post press conference mentioned this to Dana White and forgive me, I, I don't recall who it was, but said, hey, it can be scaled for an arena show or for a stadium show. So there's options yeah. there. It just feels we've been here before, right? Like yeah. how many we could have talked about Wembley with some of the uh, British champions. We could have like there's True. infinite options here that we've just discussed over and over Raiders Stadium. Like it just never happens. It just never happens. So I'm I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not yeah. I'm not holding my breath for a stadium show. I think, and I, I will say, I, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was just gonna say I will say this time feels a little different. Like yeah. Ilya has I, a different bit of, a, of an aura to him, a bit a different bit of a feeling to him. But also, I think, and this is deeply important. UFC has wanted to enter this type of European market for a long time and just have not has not had an entry into it. And this is now a complete entry into it, right? Like this is the Conor most Conor McGregor has a fun in the stadium. I That's think, all I'll I say. Think, I think the big difference is like Croke Park is outdoor. Like if Croke Park was indoor, I can imagine Conor would have fought there. Um, American audiences don't really watch massive stadium combat shows. Like Spaniards – like most of their massive sporting events are in stadiums. Like they are used to that. 
things. Like they go to these giant things. I just think European audiences are different than American audience. Like Canelo fought in Dallas Cowboys Stadium because Mexicans traveled there and they're used to these massive giant stadium shows. I just, I agree with Sean. This feels different just because of the the market is there and it's such a new stadium and Ilya's red hot and like showing up at Real like Real Madrid shouting them out is I I don't know if, I don't know if Americans can really like quantify how massive that is it's like the one of the biggest organizations on planet Earth regardless of sport like it's so big so yeah if they keep if they continue this hype train with Ilya it's this seems more feasible than in past fights. There, one one more thing, just I, I hate to belabor the point. Uh, I hope you're both right. The other thing is, once you go to the stadium, then what? I agree. What's next? Because yeah. you go back to it now. You go to an arena after that. Just feels like it feels like that's more of a final uh, boss hey. move. Feels no, like Conor McGregor me, in a stadium. To me, that feels like the escalation. Where if you take Ilya, let's just play this out, right? Ilya versus Yair in a stadium in in, in Spain. That's next. Then what? Ilya wins. Ilya wins. He is at that point a top three star in MMA, if not top two, probably right. And to me, then you're, you've waited long enough with Alexander Volkanovsky. Alexander Volkanovsky is such a, an all time great. He has the resume. He has, still has an incredible strong fan base. If at that point you run that back, whether it's an MSG or Vegas, that is a massive yeah, but those, fight. Like I think yeah, that could that's be, a massive that's, fight, or it could be told to become something really special. No, that's a massive fight. But now it's in MSG that holds twenty thousand people after you just did an 80,000 seat, seat stadium. Like it does, it feels like a, a downgrade. It feels like a de-escalation from what yeah. you were doing before. MSG might be the anomaly because that's like the most famous arena in the world. But like, I, it would be eh, weird to bring Ilya. It would bring, be weird to bring Ilya back to like the pond in Anaheim after yeah. 70,000 It feels but weird. M- MSG and T-Mobile would be like the only box arenas in America I would stick in I don't know. I, I think we've we've gotten on a tangent a bit, but I will say, I it, to me, it's just about getting the rub, getting this the rub from whatever that week would be. Like similar, this is super smaller scale, but similar to what we had with Stipe right in Cleveland. He got the rub from Cleveland that week, and then he felt bigger in every timeout we saw him after that. And to me, that's what it's about. It's just about getting that rub, and then you carry it forward to wherever. Because everything can't be an escalation. At certain times, you have to maybe take it a step down. So that, or, you know, we'll see though. There's a lot of projection. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of projection. More importantly, uh, Ilya is not fighting on Saturday. <laughs> Brian and Yair. And so that's what I was gonna say, Jose. Who who you taking here? Super important uh, matchup for this division. Very intriguing. I love it. My main event as well. Who you got? Uh, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, and I say that with zero confidence. These are two very high level fighters. I just think Yair is clicking right now. Yeah, he lost to Alex Volkanovski, but I just feel like he's shown me more tools lately. Uh, he, he was showing flashes there in the first Brian fight for as quickly as that fight happens who who knows what would have happened if, if brian didn't you know hurt his shoulder but i my gut says yair i'm gonna f- stick with my gut i say that with zero confidence both of these men are incredibly high level martial arts this is a fight that i've wanted run back at some point i'm happy it's happening now my pick my official pick is yair i think i'm with you this just feels like yair's moment but also just with me brian ortega i don't know what we have anymore right like we he's just fought so infrequently he has it's been so long since this man won a fight it's just i can't i can't reliably pick him until i can see it again because i think the talent's still there i think he could still make a run i think he's still young enough to pull it off i just need to see it at this point and so i'm not, I'm not there to i'm not able to pick over yair in this situation what about you eric i lean ever so slightly toward ortega I think Ortega is going to be competent enough on the feet and just be uh, ahead in the grappling. 
and I, I lean ever so slightly toward Ortega. The last time he had this layoff, Jose mentioned this and alluded to some of the changes that he made heading into that Korean zombie fight. He looked like a completely different fighter. He reminds me, not reminds me, he, um, uh, I think of him as somebody who utilizes their time off wisely. I think of him as somebody who in the absence is doing work and not just somebody who's sitting around and waiting. I think he will be a, a solid version of Brian Ortega. And if you give me those two guys at their best, I lean ever so slightly toward Ortega, actually. I, I do think that uh, I'm thinking Ortega here. Now, there's a world where he's a little older than Yair. There's a world where he comes out and is just not as good as the last time we saw him or just not capable. Um, and the time off was bad for him. And there's a real world where that happens. But if, if, if I'm given an opportunity <laughs> to see Brian Ortega at his best, I do, I do lean ever so slightly toward Ortega over Rodriguez. I'm sorry, Ty Ty in the comments just make me laugh with that one. Uh, I, I, there is also a world where Brian Ortega just sort of loses for 20 minutes against Yair Rodriguez and then somehow wins because that seems to be what Back. he does in some of these high-level fights. And then all of a sudden he's there and he's that guy, even though we kind of just watched him get beat up for 20 minutes. So, so many different ways this could go. I, I cannot speak highly enough about this fight. Uh, this is going to be super fun to watch out or watch how it plays out. And again, such big implications for this featherweight division. I can't wait to hear about it and to talk about it tomorrow. In the meantime, the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. No, let's move on and let's move backwards now to the appetizer course for this all day extravaganza because we have PFL versus Bellator. We can get into the card in a moment. But first, I just want to take a broad view because this is the first real launch into whatever this is going to be, right? This combined brand, they're trying something new, something different. I, for one, appreciate the gusto with which they have promoted this and the obvious incredible amount of money that they are pouring into this and sinking into this. The card itself looks a lot different than the card we were initially promised. I mean, this was PFL versus Bellator champs, and now we only have two champ versus champ fights. Uh, so I don't know that this is the ideal way they wanted to roll this out, but still, <clears throat> sorry, but still, Ryan Bader, Manon Ferreira at the top. Ostensibly, there's a $2 million payday against Francis Ngannou at play for the winner. You look at the price tag, we know it now, $49.99 to watch this pay-per-view. Now that it's all here, Eric, 
We know the whole package, the card, the price tag, everything. There's even belts with rings in them that detach. Like this is, they're going all out. Are you disappointed? Are you happy with this? Does this meet your expectations? What are you expecting? Yeah, no, I can't say I'm disappointed because the concept of champ versus champ always felt flimsy to me. Like I know a lot of people were excited about that. I just don't think PFL's champions have the cachet um, that Bellator's champions do, nor do I think they're as good as Bellator's champions. So the idea of champs versus champs just never appealed to me. So my expectations were not high and I've kind of, now we're going to see this in practice and I don't expect it to be, you know, some amazing moment of MMA where we see two brands combine and now the best champion of the, of the second organizations is crowned. I was never that interested in this concept. If I'm being honest, I much prefer the idea of the best um, PFL fighters or most interesting PFL fighters and the most interesting and best PFL fighter, uh, Bellator fighters competing to that point. I'm much more interested in clay collard versus AJ McKee than anything else that's being offered here. Um, so it met my expectations because my expectations were not very high. Ultimately as a card, it's missing the stars of, of PFL side. It's truly missing the most, uh, the most significant PFL fighters. And on the Bellator side, uh, you're, it takes a hit when you lose Pitbull because Pitbull is one of Bellator's most important fighters. Certainly, I think you're well represented with Eblin, but you're also not with it with patchy mix. So ultimately to me, this feels like a strong Bellator card. If I'm, if I'm being honest about like what it is on, on paper, it looks like a strong Bellator card. If you had, if you had erased the PFL side of the ledger and just named some random uh, challengers for Bellator's uh, top fighters and champions, it would look like this. So it just feels like a, a stronger, uh, slightly stronger Bellator card. If, if, uh, if I'm trying to make a comparison, so met expectations, but expectations were not high on my end. Interesting. So I, I want to stick with you then just for a second, because it seems like you're not very high on this. What makes I don't this like the concept. I don't like the concept. So so for, in your mind, what makes this weekend a success for PFL slash Bellator? It's like, already what a success. Whatever Saudi Arabia paid them to host this card made it a success before they got out of the gate. There will not be a large number of pay-per-view buys. There will not be any implications of this beyond the next challenger for Francis Ngannou, which we could have already kind of surmised, right? This is not some, revel some shocking revelation. Um, in fact, I think we were probably hoping for a better option, right? Somebody better potentially than Ryan Boehner or uh, Henan Ferreira uh, as an option for, for Francis Ngannou. So ultimately, I don't think there's anything that can happen on Saturday that will ultimately be some massive success or sorry. Yeah. On Saturday morning, that will be some massive su success for PFL Bellator. Um, and collect collecting that, uh, that paycheck from Saudi Arabia was already the win. So they've already, they've already pocketed that and already done what, what they needed to be successful here. I don't think they have much care about how it will do on pay-per-view because I don't think the answer is it will do very well. And I don't think there's many stakes or, or things uh, on the line here, even though they are announcing and Francis Ngannou is saying that he will fight the winner of that. We could have picked those two names already. That's not some giant secret or, or great opportunity. That's, that's kind of already something we saw. So, um, I don't think anything that happens on Saturday will, will ultimately have much of an impact, but they've already established themselves uh, Hey, we're, we're going to be here. Saudi's willing to pay, uh, to see this product and, uh, hopefully they can continue that relationship and, and see where it goes. But I don't think Saturday has much on the line. <laughs> Jose, Eric, the new Prince of Positivity saying that this is already a success, just the sheer fact that they're being paid for this and that they were able to pull this off. He doesn't seem as as high on this as some. Uh, 
what do you would, what would you consider a success? Are you are you sort of sharing the same mind that you're not as interested in this as, as in the whole setup? Like, what makes this a success for you if this happens on Saturday? Um, it's a good question because I don't think holding an event in Saudi. I don't think anyone's really can. They don't really care about pay-per-view buys because I assume they're getting paid an absorbent amount of money anyway. I bet they don't really care about ticket sales to begin with. They just want the broadcast to come off in this big extravagant show where they have, you know, championship rings embedded into championship belts. So I don't know. I personally, I get what Eric is saying. Like the con, like the the, the fights themselves, there are interesting fights. I like to when two IPs meet and you know see who's the best i enjoy an all-star game yeah I enjoy this, is marvel, all-star game. This, this is marvel versus capcom this is marvel versus capcom MMA versus, version this is marvel versus dc my guy from the 90s that was the best thing that is that is the best ip versus ip that has ever been put onto paper capcom versus marvel is a close second that is a whole nother conversation but yeah i i so i enjoy the concept of this but i do agree with eric it's just like there's not like Patchy Mix not being on here seems is a bummer. Like Impa Kasangane versus Johnny Evelyn is a, is a fun fight, but Impa wasn't the name that I thought they would give Johnny Evelyn. I would have enjoyed seeing Johnny Evelyn fight like a name like a Derek Brunson, but Impa's there. It's a fun fight. I don't know if it's co-main event worthy, I guess. It's a bummer that Patricio isn't involved in this because he's the greatest Bellator fighter ever. And just the lack of the best Bellator fighter not being on the PFL versus Bellator card is just a super bummer. And Thiago Santos versus Yolo Romero just seems like a fight that, like, if you would have told me they fought in the UFC, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. And the fact that they didn't is strange, too. Nemkov making his heavyweight debut just seems like an afterthought, which is also very strange. And then Aaron Pico being buried on the prelims against the guy that knocked him out to begin with. And remember, let's not forget, when Aaron Pico got knocked out by Henry Corrales, that was kind of the genesis of Aaron Pico going to Jackson's and reinventing himself. And since then, he's looked unbelievable. And that buried on the on the prelims is also just a bummer too. They could have done this better. I like the concept. I like that they're trying new things. I'm all for new things. And if it doesn't work once, then you don't have to try it again. But I'm I, a valiant effort. I so I don't know what the success is because we haven't really seen anything like this before. We haven't seen Strike Force versus the UFC. I know the Pride champions fought the UFC champions, but it wasn't there wasn't a whole card build around it. So I don't know is my answer to what will be a success because this is uncharted territory for MMA. First off, let me correct myself. Why ban craft in the comments correcting me? Uh, you're right. UFC is probably the Marvel in this situation. This is more like Capcom. They're the Marvel SMK. and the DC. They're, they're yeah. the Marvel this and is, the DC. This is a, a better comparison for this is Capcom versus SNK. So that's my bad. I should, yeah. I should have gotten that. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, it feels like I'm. I, I. I don't know. I almost see where you're coming from, Eric. The fact that this is happening feels like a success. I also. I just love gimmicks, right? Like you give me a gimmick and you really like commit to it. But they didn't. That's the like, problem. I'm, that's I'm, the problem. That's that's the thing is they didn't they didn't fully commit to the gimmick. But to me, it, it feels like look, we there's we are nobody is under any illusions that this is going to sell a hundred thousand pay per view buys like. I, even it feels like PFL was not happy with the fact that they had to put this on P, on pay-per-view at that price. But, you know, you got to make some money back because this is a very expensive event. I, I totally understand it. If they are able to have a real spectacular event where people are legitimately talking about this and, you know, one or two highlights maybe that really go viral and just the packaging, the presentation, just all of it feels like it's it's 
professional, feels like it's something fresh, something new, feels like they've listened to complaints, whether it's with pacing or whatever. And we get big pyrotechnic introductions and just interesting packages and things like that. To me, there's a world where even if 100 people are watching, enough goes viral, enough sort of gets in front of people that there is a, a real way to mark the beginning of a new era, right? And that to me feels like a success. If if people are able to come away from this being like, oh dude, like whatever this PFL Bellator thing is about to be, like I'm kind of here for it. That feels like that's attainable. And I think that would be a success. Am I, am I off? Can I, can I offer a devil's advocate argument? Please. We've seen the biggest nights in Bellator history and we've seen the biggest nights in PFL history. And those were either, you know, subscription on Showtime or likely maybe free or pay, oh, the same version of pay-per-view in the case of the PFL. Unless this eclipses this, unless this event eclipses those in terms of excitement, in terms of whatever comes out of it, what would be the new part of it? What would be different? What would be exciting about that? I think just the inherent interest in something we have never seen before, right? Like Jose was but, um, very- My, my point is kind of, we've seen it before, right? Like, I think we have seen mm. it before. We've seen it, we've seen versions of it. I don't know I'll, that we've seen a version I'll, on this level, right? I'll tell you what we have not, I think we've seen this level. I'll, I'll tell you what we have not seen before. We haven't seen Jake Paul fight MMA. We have not seen Francis Ngannou fight for a relevant organization outside the UFC. Anything short of that to me feels like old, old hat. It, fe it feels like we've seen this before. Like I'm not, none of these matchups to me are not something that could have been made independently in PFL or in Bellator. The combining the forces just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. Like these are just fights. They're just fights. Now, as I said at the top, this is the best effort they can put forth in the absence of some of those fighters. And I will grant that like, it's not easy to say Francis Ngannou, you've got to fight MMA instead of fighting Anthony Joshua for the biggest bag uh, possible. Or Patchy Mix, we don't really have that division, but we're going to find somebody for you to fight. Or any of those things. There are some circumstances that are outside their control. But ultimately, this is the product that they're putting on. And I'm just not blown away. Like, you know, it, it's, it is a fine card. It's the best of what they've got available. But that's all it is. That's ultimately where I'm at with it. I'm I'm happy to watch it. I think it's going to be relatively competitive across the board, but it's kind of just a thing. It's it's not the it's not the start of anything. I think that the start of something will be once Francis Ngannou is fighting with gloves that don't say UFC. When Jake Paul is making an MMA debut, this is where the this is where the the trajectory starts. I don't think that. Saturday night is going to be some different course it, to the point that they're even remaining separate leagues. They are keeping Bellator as this league and running Which, the I same mean, no, types of fights that they're doing. That. Yeah. And PFL is doing the same season. Like it feels like more of the same. It, it does not feel that different, but, but maybe I'm in the minority. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll see no. later from some of the chat, but it feels the same to me. I don't, I don't know that you're in the minority, but I also, I want to give them, more leeway than that like i understand the circumstances they were up against sort of what was the forces that were working against them and putting together this card i want to give them all of my grace as a giving them this a shot to succeed right like I, i'm open to this working because i want it to work because it's probably important for mma that this does work and also just again i i they're they are approaching this it seems like with a level of creative energy that i just appreciate because we don't see very much creative energy 
in the mainstream MMA space when it comes to a lot of these promotions. So I want this to work. I want it to succeed. So I am deeply interested to see how this all looks and feels and plays out uh, on Saturday. Jose, do you expect Francis Ngannou to fight the winner of this main event? Because that is the carrot that is being dangled, right? We needed something. We needed some sort of carrot of like, what does this all mean? And now we have it, ostensibly. Do you believe it? Wow. This is a, this is a tremendous reaction I'm getting from you. I don't. I think if Francis kind of loses to Anthony Joshua, probably because then he'll be 0-2 boxing, and you know Tyson Fury the, had to get pushed back against uh, Alexander Usyk, and they have the rematch clause, and like, if Tyson Fury wins those two, the biggest fight you can make is Anthony Joshua, especially if he beats Francis Ngannou, and then the Ngannou rematch is there. But if Francis Ngannou somehow, someway beats Anthony Joshua, no way is he fighting <laughs> Ryan Bader in MMA for like it's just not going to happen. It, I think if he loses, he might you know he might go back to MMA for a fight, just kind of. A let me remind you that I'm very good at fighting. I just happen to lose to the two two of the best heavyweights in the world. Because then, if he wins the PFL belt and then or Bellator PFL, whatever belt that is, and then he carries that to another press conference against Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, it's just a whole nother weird image that in my head that is most likely going to happen. But I think it depends on how he looks against Joshua. But my gut leans no. Because why would anyone take you know half of the money you're gonna make to have to fight something that is more difficult, you know? So my gut says no, but if he loses Anthony Joshua, it leans a little more to the yes, he'll fight MMA again. I want it to be true, and I think that Francis is a good enough dude to want this to be true as well, right? To yeah, feel like yeah, yeah, like I. I I gave you my word. I'm going to do this, but you're right. If he beats Anthony Joshua, which he might beat Anthony Joshua, everything changes. And this is a brand new world. And I'm just sorry that probably doesn't happen. And Francis is probably not coming back to MMA. Eric, uh, last day. Uh, you know oh, what? Sorry, go ahead. Funny enough, go ahead. I'm more optimistic. I think he will fight the winner of this fight. I truly believe he will fight the winner of this fight. I, I believe. Even if he wins. Even, even if, if he, he wins, wins against Anthony Joshua. Now, certainly there will be a delay right now that we'll get into potential rematches or the Tyson Fury and Usyk. There, there's all kinds of things that can muck this up. I do think at some point he will fight the winner of this fight. I do believe that he is a man to your point. I think he's a man of commitment. And when he says, I am saying I will be there and I will fight this person. I do believe that he intends to do it. Now there will be maybe a timeline shift on that, but I'm pretty optimistic that like when he comes back, this will be, the challenger that he faces uh, or not even challenger. I guess he would technically be a challenger for whatever title in whatever version of this um, happens. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that he means what he says when he says something. So I think, I think it'll happen when it will happen. That's the part that I could, couldn't give you because I have no idea of, uh, of when, but I, I think he will fight this, the winner of this fight. Well, last thing on this, and then let's open it up to questions because we already have gone long. There are six big Bellator PFL fights, right? That is the, that is the gimmick, promotion versus promotion. Is it a disaster if PFL gets washed in this competition? If it's 5-1 or 6-0 for Bellator, which is very possible, is that a disaster? Yeah. And also, what's your prediction for the final score here? Let's start with Jose. I mean, disaster in the sense that they just happen to have like the second best 
fighters. But like, I guess if you look at from a business aspect, you know, they just bought the good fighters to join their thing. So business wise, maybe not, but optically, probably perception wise. Yeah. Optics. Yeah. Optically, not the best if you get swept, but then I don't, I haven't even pondered this, this question, but just looking at the matchups that there is a very realistic chance that they get swept. I think AJ beats clay. The Tiago Yoel Romero is a coin flip to me. I think Vadim is a bad dude. He's going to win. I think Jason Jackson wins. Johnny Eppler should win. And then that I mean, heavyweight is a crapshoot. There is a very realistic chance that they get swept in this main card. So, yeah, like optically, it's not going to look great. It's definitely not going to look great. The good news is I don't think optically it's going to be bad. Yeah. But the bad news is optically, I don't think it's going to be good either. It's, I don't think that they ultimately <laughs> matter. Op, op, do optics matter if no one's watching? If it, no. nobody, well, well, there's that. But there's also just the fact. Let's let's be honest about it. MMA fans consider the UFC titles the titles, right? Yeah, if you are a Bellator champion or you are PFL champion, you're not the champion, right? That is the belt. The UFC's belt is the belt. So ultimately, I don't think that the stakes of these matchup these these matchups are really that high in terms of like the reigning champion of of this that the other they've also created another alternate belt that's not even you know the belts that they each hold because they're in different promotions they're they're going on different paths this is why it gets messy with keeping them separated and then bringing them together for this i ultimately the gimmick doesn't work for me as i as i said earlier it doesn't really create the stakes that i think that they're trying to create which one thing that you said that I do agree with is there is a lot of care and there's a lot of effort put into this and they are trying. They are really, truly trying, which I can appreciate. There is there is, there is a, a real effort to try to do something here that should not go unnoted, which I did and you didn't. So uh, kudos to you because that is right to point out. But ultimately, they are trying to create those stakes. I do not think they are, have been successful in creating those stakes. And that's ultimately where I land. Like I don't think that even if PFL loses all of them or even Bellator loses all of them, you still know AJ McKee is still a star. You still know Yoel Romero is probably the biggest, most recognizable name on the card. You know Johnny Eblin is an A plus prospect. There's not, there's not, there's not a ton here that I think will go one way or the other to say like, oh, this is a disaster for one brand or the other. And then to Jose's point, they own them both. So they, they've got all these guys under roster. If they've got one star who beats another, now you can just say, hey, Bruno Capeloza. you're the next guy. You just beat Nemkov. We're gonna push you to the moon. So you, you've kind of got a best of both worlds there. I think this ends up five one. I think it this could. is five one. It very well could. And I think I think Tiago Santos is the best shot they got <laughs> to get one. It could. It really could. All right. Casey, go ahead and get in here. What are the let's hear from the peeps. Lots to talk about. I mean, there's we there's a bunch of fights we didn't even mention yet because there's so much. Oh, you gotta love it. Hey guys. Hi, 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 hi. All right, you, all doing, right. you you like I'm what great. you see here this weekend? Ooh, mm, oh, you want to know my opinion? That's a fun. That's a fun reaction. <laughs> um, I kind of despise PFL's production, so that's actually my biggest curiosity in this whole card. Now, I don't follow any MMA news on social media at all. I make I I deliberately keep all MMA news out of my algorithm and all that, you know, that stuff. How has this been promoted? I, outside of looking at topology, I know nothing about, is this card even being promoted at all? Like, are you getting sponsored ads? Are there cool promos? I haven't seen anything, but maybe I'm just out of the, 
circle, the loop. No, I'd say they've put some real money and effort into promoting it, coming up okay. with um, okay. No, I'm not, I'm not saying they haven't. I just don't follow. No, it. no, it, it, I'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm I'm telling you that mm-hmm. they have. They have put real effort and money into trying to say, "Hey, this is the start of a new era. We've got these belts. We've got these champs versus champs. They've really tried. They've given an effort. They've tried to say, "Hey, this is a new thing, and, and check us out, and done everything they can." I would I would say that they have they have done what they've what they've needed to do to try and spread the word for sure okay um yeah um, i'm really looking forward to the card i hate that it's a pay-per-view i just don't like it it's a pay-per-view sure. it just that's just the biggest thing i just don't like it's a pay-per-view um i mean, I'd I rather think, have I think a, everyone everyone agrees with you on that yeah so I, I would rather have a weaker so. card maybe like a, a, a cheaper prelims and just put all your money on the main card but still make it uh free you know whatever espn plus or whatever it is um yeah i just don't yeah the the paying all this money and unless there was jake paul or francis on it i think that's the only way it becomes a pay-per-view worthy card um otherwise this isn't just because the star power isn't there the the quality of the fighters is there by far I mean, I have Johnny Evans as the best middleweight in the world. J- uh, Jason Jackson, to me, is a, a without a doubt, a top 10 uh, welterweight. Um, uh, Bader. AJ McKee. Know. AJ, nice. obviously, AJ McKee, incredible prospect. Aaron Pico, incredible yeah. prospect. The, the, the quality of the fighters is good enough for be pay-per-view worthy, just not the name value, and that's what matters much more. So uh, that's kind of my two cents on the – Notice how all those names were on the uh, Bellator side of the ledger. Oh, oh, just, oh, dude, that's not even. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't want to crap on. Yeah, I don't want to crap on the actual fighters. But yeah, it's it's a it's it's Bellator heavy, <laughs> talent wise for sure. Um, <clears throat> and also, real quick, I'll just I'll just throw out a little programming note. If y'all end up don't buying the pay per view, or you just want to watch it with some friends. Casey, you and Mike Heck will be going live right around that final hour of the event, right around right before UFC Mexico City starts. So we always do the little people's pre-fight Q&A. It'll also kind of double as a little watch party, too, for some PFL oh, cool. Bellator action. So, if, hey, if you don't feel like buying the pay-per-view and you just want to see our boys' reactions, tune in. Oh, oh also, <clears throat> should they have just done Pitbull versus I – mean, I, I want – Pitbull, the fact that we have Pitbull and Aaron, Mc, uh, Aaron, P, Aaron Pico on the card together, but not fighting each other, kind of, the possibility for them to fight each other was there, and they didn't do that. I think it's like ah, I'm just they kind were, of that's the fight we want to see, but because they, they wanted to do this gimmick. gimmick, they committed, but they, they yeah, exactly, they, they this, committed to a gimmick, yeah. So, but and, and so we end up having Aaron Pico versus another Bellator fighter again. So the gimmick's done. So the, the gi- yeah, you're right. Ultimately, but they were trying to preserve Pitbull versus PFL. They were trying yeah. their best to, to do yeah. it. And honestly, I don't think meritocracy wise, it should have been Jeremy Kennedy fighting Pitbull because he did beat Pico and then beat Pedro Carvalho, and it, sh- it should have been him. And instead, he's fighting James Gallagher. That was. That, I do think ultimately. This will this yeah. will rectify itself. This will correct itself when they get back to yeah. here's the Bellator brand and here's the PFL brand, and which yeah. is why the gimmick never worked for me because ultimately we don't end up with the fights we wanted. It kind of fell short in that regard, and they could have yeah. just done better fights. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think maybe the gimmick is from the peak. Maybe, maybe the main event, but yeah. All right, whatever. Here we go. Yeah. Super chat. 
All right. Love you, David Sindeen, coming from our good friend. Who did the thumbnail for this episode? It's very good. Uh, that would be Warren <laughs> He's on the show. What a, what a great <laughs> opportunity. Uh, also, oh, this four guy. and one. How is Daniel Lasardo still in the UFC? Happy birthday, AK Lee. Yes, happy birthday. Oh, we did AK not talk Lee. about that yet. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't deserve it. What do you guys think? I don't I don't think he'll be here for long if we're if we're forecasting. I mean it's just not it's not been good. It's not been good. His run is incredible. What um hey man. Just getting like beat in every possible way. Like getting yeah. got I'm pretty sure he got knee barred, he's gotten ground and pound, he's missed weight a bunch of times. Like I don't know. Just it's such an odd. The fact, like, he, wasn't he? Was he undefeated when he signed with the UFC? Nope. If he wasn't, he no. Might he had he had one loss. One loss. Yeah. So loss. he's yeah. What is he? Zero four. That's insane. That's so odd. Yeah. Zero four, and then like one in parentheses with the no contest. Yeah. And did what did Edgar world. did Edgar Juris make weight? No. Nope. Made weight, right? Huh? I'm pretty sure weight? he did not. No, they yeah, both missed, missed, I believe. Yeah, someone uh, I can't remember who it was, but uh, just because this is a trilogy, let's, this is a trilogy fight. This is the third time they've been scheduled to fight, <laughs> and they're they're referring to this as the trilogy of sadness, and that's all I can think. Of. I think it's <laughs> perfectly put. <laughs> I like that trilogy right. of sadness. What else we got? Uh, It's coming true. from Lazy Bed. If, if Jose and Eric went half and half on a baby, I'm just saying That's kid true. would be a stud. I don't know logistically how that would work, but you're not wrong. Hey man. Yeah, the Bella science Clark would have to PFL, come. Then why can't we go half and half on a baby? Look at I this. Look at it. this KD <laughs> shot right now. This is tremendous. We're gonna, we're gonna get demonetized because this our, our stream is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> NS, NSFW hey, on man. the stream. It's uh, <laughs> Brian Ortega's fighting Yair Rodriguez. Like that's the theme of this of this uh, pre preview show. Just beautiful men fighting each other. <laughs> all right. Think, all, right all right. All right. Look in the all camera right. while you talk to me, Rick. Right? <laughs> with these blue eyes. What are we doing here? <laughs> Uh, apparently there are some actual MMA questions, so hold on a second. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, They're actually green. I don't, I don't blame you, lazy bed. It's yeah. <laughs> um, just a uh, kind of another. Uh, this one's yeah. from Telvin, who says PFL versus Bellator would have been great if it wasn't on PFL or pay per view. Yeah, I mean they yes. they are they're. Yeah. They are feeding many masters right now, and so th their hands were tied. It was not their decision uh but yeah. i think even they would agree with you uh oh here we go we got a super chat from guess who achilles. oh yes achilles all right rick your picks are bad jose seven out of ten shaheen 10 out of 10 host thank you casey 10 out of 10 producer i agree with that any thoughts on rosas versus tercios uh, I think, um, first of all, Achilles, um, why are my picks bad? I think we need an explanation of that. Everybody else kind of got a rating as well. I didn't get a number rating. So I would love if you actually gave me a number rating. Because you're off the charts. Uh, I'd like to know, just give me yes, the number. We, we need Achilles, a number. I'm going to, I'm going to assume Achilles that your rating for Rick is a 10 out of 10 or 11 out of 10, unless you correct it. Because unless you say something. Um, 
Rosas is a stud, man. Even 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 in defeat, I'm kind of I kind of was impressed with him. Like there was a real opportunity for him to fold up, and he did not. And I'm impressed by that, at, especially at the age that he's at. I think he really has some pretty high potential. Um, and I think this is probably a good stylistic matchup for him. I, I expect that he'll be okay. Now, certainly, the one thing I am concerned about is fighting in Mexico City because I'm concerned about that for every single fighter. Like, that's just a reality. Like, the elevation is real and you you need to be ready to go. Um, I imagine he's prepared for that. Um, but if if all things are equal... I'm I'm pretty high on Rosas, and I do think this is a good stylistic matchup for him. So I, I think he'll win. Um, but Tercios is a is a bad mf'er man. Like that dude is tough and well rounded, and in every fight, so it's not going to be this like easy out. I don't think for uh, Rosas, but I do think he's just more skilled and and more hungry and more talented. So ultimately, that will kind of prevail. No, yeah, this is this is a real fight. This is like a, a real real fight, real fight for, for a 19 year old kid. Like this is. I, it's it, it's enthusiastic matchmaking, and I'm kind of here to see whether he can sink or swim at this point. I really like this matchup. I really, yeah. I think Ricky Turcios is very good at mixed martial arts, and Raul could be very good at mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, I like this fight for both men. Who are you picking? I think he said, he said one's really good. He said one I could think, be really good. I think Ricky. I think Ricky Turcios. I think Ricky is going to win on Saturday. I think inevitably, uh, I think Raul will be more talented and have a better career. But right now in 2024, like let's not like Ricky Tercios was matched up like several times with Adrian Yanez on like the local scene where he's from. Like he's scheduled and he's lost to and fought talented guys. And Raul's just hasn't gotten that yet. Um, Jay Perrin is Jay Perrin. And I can't even remember who he fought the last time when I was there. I think in 2024, Ricky Tercios should win this fight. But I think inevitably Roll will be incredibly talented. He's just not there yet. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. All right. And like the- not for nothing, Raul Rosas is a big deal in Mexico. It's like the biggest star in Mexico is Brandon Moreno. And then probably it's like a tie between Yair and Jorge Masvidal, honestly. And then Raul is like way up there. Like people are really fascinated by this kid. Okay. I like the matchup. Excited for that fight. Could this be a really ugly fight? Tercio is no. kind of some. No, you think? No, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Like I'm, I, th- okay. I don't yeah. think okay. it would be yeah. ugly. Yeah, right. I don't think Raul knows how to do anything but just run forward right now. Like he's not going to be in a boring fight. Yeah, yeah. And Tercio's is game to get his not, not on Rose's part. I think, I think there will be a stage where he tries to rein it in, but that is not yet. Yeah, right. I think Raul, even when he's like in that fight, he lost. Like he was trying to scramble. A lot. Yep. So even when he's being held down, there's a lot of things happening. So I don't think it's going to be boring at all. Like they could both gas out in Mech. Like it could be a real bad third round, but it's going to be a fun two rounds. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about the elevation. We could we could we could get some really ugly third rounds. Uh, but yeah. you know, which is they, they fun. I, I I love tired fights. I, I mean, that's, that's my favorite part of MMA. Just a, two exhausted dudes. Casey, there is a reason there is no fight higher than lightweight oh, on this card this is lightweight and under only an absolute trap that is a trap yeah you're right that is a travesty there 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 absolutely should have been some heavyweights on this card just for the giggles uh, <laughs> that's my favorite all right uh we've got a super chat from gustavo gustavo thank you sir is prado a live dog versus daniel zellhuber seems underrated what do you guys think yeah, I don't hate that. And, you know, the same way I've kind of talked about being super impressed by um, 
Rosas. I haven't been as impressed by Zell Huber as like a prospect. Like I've, I've, he's okay, but I haven't like my door, my doors haven't been blown off. So I definitely think there's an opportunity here. Like I don't, I don't, he's not one of those guys that I'm like, yeah, lock it in. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think he's a live dog. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. he's only 21. I'm talking about uh, Prada. Yeah. I didn't, that's a lot. Of I think yeah. in terms of like an athletic, like martial arts, take all the hype away. I think right now, like Zell Huber is a better prospect than Raul. Raul just has the hype, which is more like obviously in, in prize fighting, more importantly, is more important. But I think Zell Huber right now is the better prospect in terms of talent. Well, he's also five years, he's five years older, right? Like he's a, gro- yeah, he's yeah. more of a grown man. Like yeah. it, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, cool fight. I like it. It's a, uh... Uh, what is this? Dude, fight? This is going to be an action Arvin card. Oh, yeah, I, really, I really like. I think this card is going to deliver in a, in a real way. Like Argentina versus and, Mexico and is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And, I think. A lot and of I like the UFC is um they're putting a, a bit of a promotional push by having it so high in the card too. They didn't bury this on a, a pre, well, uh, the early prelims. Is... Like if you if for the first Noche UFC they did that fighter panel and it was Alexa Valentina Raul. Tracy and then Daniel Zellhuber was one of the five they chose to do the Q&A with the journal uh, media and fans. So they see something in it. Okay. That's a great point. Uh, um, oh, we have our answer for the yes. rating of New York Rick. Oh, yes. Give it to us. That's an Achilles. Rick, you and your pretty eyes are lame 10 out of 10. Well, I, I Bro, he didn't even <laughs> give you two dollars. He gave you a dollar ninety-nine, not even a whole two dollars to say that. I do like no? that the ninety-nine was deliberate. He he very much yeah. typed that in. That is yeah. yeah. Well done. Okay, now we know. Um thank you for the compliment. Lord and you know. uh for the rating. <laughs> Is there a better um, love story I love right now than Rick and Achilles <laughs> Jr.? I don't know. Um, we talked earlier. You, you guys were talking earlier about kind of like missed opportunities, like UFC Africa and things. Um, another one. Yeah. Right, what about UFC oh. Hawaii? They missed the boat. Yeah. What that did. one, it, it seemed very clear that that wasn't a logistical issue as much as a money from the tourism board issue. Like they did not want to pay to have it and the ufc was not interested in that and to their credit ufc is going everywhere that pays them a site fee and they're getting paid handsomely and they're doing it well um so yeah that one feels a little bit different i'll be honest and also it's just not the same right like you're like max can fight in vegas and it'll be pretty much similar um and us us stuff is not the same as international right spain africa uh, uh, Ireland, uh, uh, Wembley in the UK, we're talking about non-US entities. The US is a little bit different. It's more fractured. It's not a guarantee that the fan bases show up. We don't support our own in that uh, capacity that, th- that these other places do. So a little bit different circumstances, but certainly I do think if they had gone in Max's heyday, uh, there'd be something there. And who knows, maybe Max versus Ilya in Hawaii is, uh, is give up on it yet, one yeah. day down the line. I'm not, I'm not over that yet. So who knows? But this kind of annoys me about the UFC because the UFC has already – they've won. They've won the game. The game's over already as far as like, I don't know, making money. Just – I get it, UFC. You're not <laughs> going to – you know? The game's like, never over, Casey. Oh, the game's I know, never yeah. over. Yeah, when you – yeah. But like just just take a loss, UFC. Just go to Hawaii and do it for the fans. Just have – 
in the UFC, have fun. Make the ultimate fun championship. Do. Just go to Hawaii, go crazy, and just break even. Don't you don't have to make a billion dollars. You know, just just go. I don't know. I just I wish they would just do things just for fun sometimes. You know, you'll still make money. They just won't make a billion zillion dollars off Hawaiians. But that's all. I just wish they would. But that's not how rich people work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Ari, it's Dana. Oh, what? No, hey, why did hey, we go to Hawaii? Um, oh, because uh, we wanted to have fun. Uh, we, why didn't we go to the place that was going to pay us a lot of money to go there? Oh, you know, it was, uh, it was about the fun. Oh, I'm fired. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Ding. Oh, I'm still, I'm st- <laughs> I still have $500 million in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if the world worked on, on the Casey principle, it would be a better world, right? That's the Yoel Romero principle. Just go. Go. Just go. Go. Achieve your go. dreams. What a moment go. that was. Yoel uh, Romero fighting this weekend. That's fun. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm so cool. glad this man's still in our life. Is that going to be the best Thiago fight or the worst fight? fight of the weekend? Bro, worst. It's going Guaranteed to be the best <laughs> worst fight in history because no one's going to do anything. They're going to stare at each other for 15 minutes, but it's going to be the tensest 15 minutes of your whole life, and you're going to just be on pins and needles the whole way through. I can't wait for it. Yeah, that, yeah, that fight rules. Um, good job. Good. Actually, of the one, I, I, it was so weird thing is like, oh, the one, uh, the one uh, PFO versus Bellator fight we're excited about really is just two UFC guys who are in different organizations now. <laughs> it's just weird. Collard and, and AJ McKee is is the final. I think that's a true, that's more of a true one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think Clay Collard versus Max Holloway from back in the day is such an underrated gem stick fight. fight. Sick fight. I have actually, also, I can't not, remember that fight at all. Ray Cooper yeah. the third fights, and anytime Ray Cooper the third yeah. fights, I'm super happy for it. Well, other than that Derek Brunson performance where he looked yeah. like he hadn't well, been yeah. in the gym in six years, that one was rough. Look, but the other man than made that, a lot I'm of money. Yeah. The man made a lot of money, Rick. When you're out there yachting around, I don't, I'm sure he's not yachting, but when you're out there doing what he's doing, like, <laughs> you don't need a train. PFL, uh, let's PFL Bellator in Hawaii. Ray Cooper the third headlining. Next up. Let's go. There we go. Uh, Let's hit one or two more and then get out of here. This super chat's coming from Kenny, who has the most to lose in the UFC main or co-main. Who has the most to lose? That is a a good question. I I would think it's Brandon Moreno, right? Moreno, because it seems like he's in line for a title shot, that would be a a catastrophic setback for him um, against a guy in Pantuja who, as we said, the track record – is not in his favor. So if this opportunity, this time frame, he re- he really needs to take advantage of that. So I think that would be really rough for him uh, if he were to lose. Um, I mean, oh. is there a counterpoint that the answer to this is actually Brian Ortega? Because if he loses again, and then it's been four years without a loss, like when does the worm start turning on well, him, right? I was thinking of them as separate. Is Orte- Does Ortega have more to lose than... No, Moreno? I would say Yair's already talking, throwing grease at Ilya. He loses, and people are going to be like, "Oh, you overlooked Brian," and that just looks silly. If Brian, Brian, if you guys watched Brian Ortega's media, he didn't really take the bait with Ilya or Mavzar. He just kind of goes, "Oh, you know, we'll see." I'm focusing on Yair. If Brian loses after coming off a pretty severe shoulder injury, I don't think I, I think Yair has much more to lose than Brian Ortega. The year, oh yeah, sure. year out of those two, the years are not on on Ortega's side though. With the with the inactivity, I think he's like thirty. He's my age. He's thirty three. He's my age. Yeah. Like he's not an old man. This Brian, is a young Yair man's is game. 
Yeah, uh, but yeah, age, is, age is relative. He ain't 35 he, age is relative. Yet. He's not an old human being, but he is he's an old 35. featherweight. <laughs> yeah, he's got two more years to win the title before it's. But out Casey, of he's not a he's not a champ either, so he eschews that even. Like yeah. he's not a champion, so then the thirty five doesn't apply to him. Um, I think it's still probably Moreno, but like I think yeah, it's probably Moreno. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, of, of the four, it's Moreno. But if you break it in the two, it's Moreno and Yair. And Yair, yeah. Mm. Who has the most to lose? I'm gonna throw a question. Who has the most to lose in the PFL co-main and main? Because I am very strong in thinking that is Johnny Eblen has the most to yes. lose. Oh yeah. Ooh, Johnny Eblen. So there's two, no, there's two answers here because from like an optics standpoint, it's Johnny Eblen, right? Because we are we have actual people on our team who believe he's the best middleweight in the world. I'm not gonna name names, but one of them is on this panel, and he's putting in Johnny Eblen number one, like we have not seen this man be proven at all in any real capacity. And so like, he has a lot of uh, hype that I don't know a lot of, some of it's deserved. I will say oh, it's all, it's all uh, deserved. But the problem is, his opponent, I rate the his, opponent is, his opponent is on the other side of the, of the greatest, one of the greatest top three highlight knockout KOs ever. And when you're on the other side of that, no matter what, that sticks with you. That sticks with you. No matter. Input could be the next, Habib, I don't know, just next greatest ever, but he still has that highlight. And so when you lose against that guy, no matter what, that's always going to be a giant, you know, that just sucks. And Johnny Eblen. That being said, yeah, I know, I know where you're going. Shaheen, that that being said, I, I think the real actual answer to this is the financial answer, which is Ryan Bader, because Ryan Bader is about to make a $2 million payday to fight Francis Ngannou. And that would be the only fight that I think a lot of people would actually be like mildly interested in. And if he loses this, like, or or That's Ferreira, whoever loses the the Francis Ngannou sweepstakes is probably the answer. Whoever loses the Francis Ngannou sweepstakes yeah. is probably the answer. I will say, I, I rate the Eblin Tokov and and Musasi wins. I think I think Eblin's all right. I think he's he's proven enough to me that like Hell yeah. he's there. I don't I know if he's, he's the best. Oh, I think I don't know if he's the best, but I, I think he's. I think he's a clear legit. top five talent. I think calling him number one is insane. <laughs> That I'm not. I'm not ready. I go. For that I yet. go. I go in dominance, and yeah. But whatever. Um, but yeah, we're arguing: is he one or four? Is he one or three? Like who yeah. knows? Until they fight each other, yeah. Like I don't know. But uh, yeah. Um, do 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 do. All right. Let's get one more. And uh, one last thing. Oh. Ah. Okay. Here we go. Our last question, and it is a super chat. Thank yes. you, Jay. Yeah, Jay coming in. What about KSW, Kalidov, boxing, tournament, Barnett with the grappling match? Lots of weird stuff going on in KSW. You guys like this? Yeah, he's right. It's flying a little bit under the radar. There's some names on it. Kalidov's in a boxing match against like a, a, a true boxer. Um, I like it. I like what KS I like what KSW does. Like, you know, event in and event out. They're always looking for angles and they're always doing really good promotion. Obviously, the commercials, trailers, promos, all that type of stuff is is really good. It's I mean, hard. Hell, they're giving know. it stadium shows. We spent like 20 minutes yeah. talking about stadium shows and they're doing it. They're doing the stadium shows. They're going to new locations. It's just hard for them to cross into it because of the roster, right? Like they don't have, but f- to their credit, this one has some names on it that, that MMA fans will recognize. So I think if there's an opportunity in a, in a packed weekend to check it out, you're not going to have a bad time watching a KSW event. They tend to be pretty damn fun. And there's some names on it that you'll recognize um, for this one. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good shout by Jay. Like, I think KSW deserves some shine in, in a packed weekend. It's unfortunate, right? Because this is one 
where like it's not the best of each promotion ufc bellator pfl but it's pretty good and it's probably going to steal the attention away um and ksw is going to get kind of left behind in that but this is a good this is a good opportunity to, to see what ksw is about if if you can get a chance this weekend kind of and some of these MMA what, fights that's all yeah and yeah, one more well fight <laughs> if you're gonna watch lfa tonight on ufc fight pass actually on the prelims which are free on youtube my teammate luis franchinelli i don't know how to say his last name <laughs> six six brazilian <laughs> six six brazilian muay thai monster is making his second fight tonight he's making his uh, mma oh, his second mma fight tonight he's like 16 oh in muay thai unbelievably good and um he is fighting a very brave man um <laughs> ken burns tonight so uh check it oh, out wow. on yeah ken burns yeah the documentary yeah so um ken burns you know he's, he's done with the whole documentary thing now he wants to get in the cage so credit to him we respect everyone who gets in the cage yeah so if he's not watch. going by the fire like kevin burns then he's definitely yeah. failed. <laughs> um what do we got give me the prediction case Superhero for Ken Burns walking out to the Civil War <laughs> theme song that he had throughout that documentary because that would forever be in my head. Casey, yes. what we got? First round? What's the what's oh, the prediction uh, here? First round, brutal knees. The guy shoots okay. in and he just eats a knee and his jaw goes to the back of his skull. Unfortunately, wow. So that sounds like it's worth watching. All right, yeah. So check it out. Nice, super nice guy too. Well, I don't know about Ken Burns, but Luis is super nice guy. Hit <laughs> us <laughs> with that last name again. Oh my God, Fran Francesca yeah. Luis Franciscinellis. Yeah, I, I I should ask him. I should ask him. I just go Luis, and then I just ignore the last part and name. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. I think I think, you nailed I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, it's a perfect Portuguese. Oh gosh. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. We appreciate all y'all for joining us. I cannot wait for this weekend i love these type of weekends all day long hang with your boys at mma fighting just as my dogs start barking of course at the very end here uh we're gonna have the people preview show or pre or, i'm sorry people's pro pre-fight q a uh also a little watch along same same place uh sort of right hour before when we to mexico city so tuning for that remy can you let me close down the show please thank you we love you guys that man is jose young's we got Eric Jackman down there for EKC Layden. I am Sean Oshadi. <laughs> Stay with your boys in MMA fighting. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you. Feliz cumpleaños, Alejandro. Ah, that's a very nice graphic. Who did it? Probably. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. The 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.